Welcome to RevAmp, the revenue amplification podcast powered by DealHub.io. I'm your host, Gideon Thomas, and we will be speaking to some of the most exciting revenue leaders within the community. Remington, welcome to the RevAmp podcast show. We are absolutely delighted to have you on board. And for those people at home who don't already uh, have the pleasure of knowing you, could you just start off by perhaps introducing yourself, your role, and where you're currently working? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so Remington Rawlings is my name. Um, My title is SDR Operations Manager at Snowflake. Currently in my career has been a lot of those same type of roles, operations, started in sales, um, got a fire hose treatment of what good sales looks like working for InsideSales.com and then took that into being in operations as I progressed in my career. That's awesome. And uh, and just when we were having the kind of the prep conversation, I, I think there was something really interesting about you that people wouldn't know from your LinkedIn profile. What is your kind of a uh, secret passion that you do when you're not work when you're not working? I call the piano my counselor. I like to bang on the piano, and I've I've actually already had a album that I published and I'm trying to do one more. I'm, I'm publishing and, and composing music to try to illustrate emotion with the piano. Mm-hmm. So the current song I'm working on is Courage and the, the ones I've done are Resilience and um, also Depression and just trying to show, you know, that experience of emotion through music. So something I love to do. That's really awesome. Uh, I really appreciate that. And uh, probably you're, now that you're moving home, you'll be one step closer to the piano man himself. Elton John, I think, is out there in the, uh, in the, in the California area. But uh, kind of pivoting from that to your, uh, your prior experiences, which I think a lot of people will benefit from, um, Workfront, you were there for a while. You started off not necessarily at, at the top of the, uh, the pyramid or the food tree, but maybe just talk about your starting point within Workfront um, and how that took you into operations. Yeah, so... When I was at Lucidchart, I really wanted to get into operations. Um, I had a mentor that told me if I ever wanted to be an entrepreneur, I needed to understand business. And one of the best ways I thought I could do that would be to get into operations. So I went to Workfront where I knew one of the leaders there, Justin Hyatt, and um, just got on as an SDR, as a top performer. I got the MVP award there and set a lot of appointments, made a lot of progress in building pipeline with big companies and decided this would be a good chance to try to scale that across the rest of the org. So I got promoted into what they called a DSR operations manager because DSR was their digital sales rep. That's an SDR and started running all the tech for the SDR team. And then those responsibilities kind of snowballed and I ended up having a lot more responsibility as time went on there. Um, But yeah, it was a great experience and getting that start as an SDR helped me understand a lot more about exactly what they were selling and why they were selling it and all those different pieces that sometimes are hard to learn as a RevOps person. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a little bit of a leg up for me there. But yeah, great leadership, great time. It's a great company. So you started with the, uh, with the takeaway, which is kind of the success, but were there any specific challenges that you faced and overcame? I'm sure there were. There are tons. Um, anytime you're building a company with a previous culture from a different leadership, which is what we had in the sales development org before Justin Hyatt came on, it was a great culture in a lot of ways, but it wasn't the high performance culture that Justin was bringing from his time at Oracle and HubSpot. Um, so when he came on, he really wanted to try to make a big difference. And I stepped into the operations role about a year into his time, right? As he was getting the personnel in place from a leadership perspective and trying to clean up the org from a 
uh, rep perspective and then institute processes, develop his relationships with other stakeholders in the org. So I stepped into a place where change management was basically like every day. We were trying to figure out how to make, optimize the lead routing process, how to make it easier for the sales engagement platform to work right. Where was our data sitting? How, did we have enough contacts? Were our other providers for the tech actually giving us what we needed and how are we going to train them and enable people? And then it was, how are we going to grow? And so like all those different questions that, you know, are, they're not unique questions. Everybody has to ask them. But um, that was right when I got my operations role, which is part of the reason I think that role became available was because mm -hmm. the operations team, as well as the people in marketing and in the SDR team, they all kind of knew they needed somebody that was willing to spend the time on that, that they just didn't have the resources to do that. When you look back, was there any key or pivotal decision that you got right? Uh, I know there's a lot of micro decisions or kind of decisions that progressed your journey, but I'm sure there's there's things that if you get them right, then they lead to other good decisions. Can you can you remember that far back? Yeah, um, I think the biggest one I'll share two. One was the fact that we partnered with enablement better than I've ever seen an org partner with enablement from an operations perspective. At the time, Stacy Justice was the leader there, and Eddie Morris was the SDR-specific enablement person. And he and I built out every facet of how onboarding would happen from a training perspective for soft skills, which was him. He owned that, and I contributed a little bit there. And then I built an entire tech playbook for how each SDR needed to sit down in their seat and understand what the tech was, what specific features they needed to learn, how we would progress them in a month or in three months and six months. So that tech playbook was something that I think turned into giving each SDR the ability to ramp to their quota even faster. And after that, we, we didn't have a single SDR miss their ramp quota besides I think one, which was really cool as we grew. And it, it, it was also a time when they raised quota. It was a, a very difficult time for marketing in certain ways because of decisions that they were changing the way that they had done campaigns and things. So it was very important for BDRs to understand what technology they were using and why they had so many different technologies, which is unique to the SDR function and the sales function where they have so many things they have to like splice together. But we saw kind of a culmination of SDRs being smart people that were hired, obviously, but then the enablement side, training them, here's how you make calls. Here's how you send emails. Here's our value prop. Here's the personas. And now here's how you turn that on into an engine that runs really, really well. And that was my job to optimize the back end of the engine so that when we did train them on how to work things, the Salesforce fields and the reports and the outreach configurations and the Zoom info data that was being pulled in, as well as all those other pieces with LinkedIn Sales Navigator and Gong and Call Coaching, we brought that into every SDR's mind at the forefront of their mind to help them understand like if you master this technology and you know the personas, there's nothing that can stop you because we have a great product. And that was where it really started to take off as we, because then, you know, it wasn't a, a matter of if everybody could sell, we had good territories. It was just a matter of the time it took to get somebody through a sales process. Right. How much of what you built there was based on your own personal excellence as an SDR and then you cloned it and how much was it your imagination of what good could look like? You know what I mean? Like the easiest, um, the easiest thing to do is just go this work for me. So therefore it should work for you. That's, that's not about you. That's about natural human uh, psychology per se. Yeah, no, 
I, and I, I, at first I had to go off of that cause I didn't have any other experience, but there was a couple of things I rolled out um, as far as outreach use and Salesforce use where I remember specifically in the training with the managers, there were some disagreements and um, one of the managers, his name was Curtis Rasmussen. He basically said like, just ask the SDRs, just go and talk with them. And that was a big turning point in my career because I started just being like the entrepreneur, go and ask the SDRs everything, do user interviews all the time and try to figure out like, what's your problems? And I uncovered a lot of things that we, we didn't realize as a leadership team that people were facing. And then we made solutions for things that were easier to implement because we knew exactly what the users wanted. So I, obviously like getting into operations when you're a salesperson, you have to go off of your own experience. But I learned very quickly that phrase Socrates said that wisdom is knowing what you don't know or knowing that you don't know things or however people quote that. That is really the, the name of the game. I think that made me successful there was because I just assume I didn't know until I heard from somebody, A, what the problem was, and then B, when I figured out what I thought would be a good solution, that they confirmed, yes, that is the solution that I want. And it wasn't always perfect. You know, rollouts of tech screwed it up sometimes or we didn't get exactly what the use case was, but the org started to expect that. And it was cool, the culture shift that happened when the org knew from a BDR perspective and manager perspective, the operations really cared about their mm -hmm. opinion. So they were willing to bring things to us that seemed like enigmas, problems they couldn't solve, but they knew we were going to listen. So we got way more feedback than we would have had we just been like, this is how we're doing it. Shove it down your throat, which is how a lot of, I think, RevOps people make the mistake of thinking they know better and they really could just ask their users. So you go buy-in, bottom-up buy-in, right? Because you listened. Absolutely. And then you probably communicated well. I, I always come back to this theme of, even when you're rolling out new things, if you roll it out but the communication isn't solid, then uh, things don't take off. So what was your method of communicating back to them that this was from them, this was kind of their initiative and, and you're delivering or deploying or fulfilling that uh, need? What was your kind of go-to method? Was it kind of you went to their team lead, their manager, and then they communicated individually? Was it like stand-up meetings? How did, you, uh, how did you stay agile, I guess? We had a lot of different methods for that. One was a Slack channel where we gave little updates if it was things that were just, you know, clear to read and action from there. We also had enablement trainings on a specific calendar. And I would take a little bit of time at the beginning of that that Eddie would give me since he and I were partnered mm -hmm. on what we were training on and how that worked. But I think the biggest impact is that one you mentioned, I was a part of the management team. So I did kind of a dotted line reporting to the VP of account development, which is Justin Hyatt. He's still there right now. And um, before they got acquired by Adobe, there was basically six managers and me all reporting to two directors and Justin. And that process of working together made it easier for all the different findings that I came up with and the solutions that I tried to enact with our sales ops team, we just went to the managers and said, you need to go to your team meetings and focus on this. I can join your team meetings for these ones because these are hard things. But we took the extra time to try to go where the reps were instead of just hoping that like our org-wide training, which I don't actually think org-wide training is a bad thing, but I don't think you get as much out of an org-wide training as you do in an intimate setting with just five to six reps where you can share the complex findings, the process that they have to follow and then ask them questions and see if they really comprehend it. You can't do that in a big room. So those big changes, especially your software rollouts or new ways that we were doing reporting, 
or data that we had to gather that was now a more complex process with the new validation rule and Salesforce or whatever it might have been that was like, if I'm an SDR and it's a new thing and I'm probably not just going to get it right away, which we took some extra effort and those managers were great. They did an awesome job of, of being the way to get the water to the end of the row, so to speak. And then um, because you were kind of bottom up, you know, so much frontline with the SDRs and such, how did you feedback successes and the internal adoption? I guess internal adoption was easier, but at least the success stories, how did that bubble up from the bottom up to the kind of more senior people that would recognize your, your own personal contribution and growth? What was, how, how did that work out? How did it reach there? But that did kind of happen a little more organically because when we were going through the evolution of how we qualified people, what type of discovery process we used, how we transitioned to hand off from the BDR to the AE and implemented some, I think, some new groundbreaking ways of doing discovery calls mm -hmm. at the time. Um, that involved getting a consultant involved to kind of share more about what best practices in the industry were to analyze and do an audit of our internal processes, both rep side and tech side. And so I was called to the forefront of that with our sales ops leader, Curtis Homas, who kind of just said like, I need you to be a resource for them on this. Can you help them? So I, it, it, that ended up leading to me being in a meeting with the CEO, Alex Schutman and the VP of sales, mm -hmm. Carl Cross. And I, I got to like share my opinions with these consultants that we obviously paid a lot of money for, but I, I had a seat at the table as a as SDR manager, SDR operations manager to share. I think this is, you know, some important context that you all would benefit from as we're making this decision. And that led to me being part of the project plans that were ultimately how we changed the face of what we're doing in the buyer's mm -hmm. journey, which I thought was really special and an awesome opportunity to be a part of. It was obviously nice of them to let, you know, a, a newer operations person be a part of that. But I did know a lot about how Workfront had been prospecting and how it needed to be adjusted. So um, that's how it ended up getting to the top. And then that visibility was obviously something that sparked a lot of other conversations for other projects that I got to be a part of while I was there. The part that speaks out there um, is obviously humility. Humility when going back to the SDRs earlier in the process and then humility to sit at the table and give people the context rather than the solutions of this is what you need to do. Like in both cases, it was the humility that probably spoke the loudest, both at the bottom of the food chain and at the top, which is great. It's great to see that good, strong values like that have probably uh, progressed you forward rather than been a disadvantage. I'm kind of happy to hear. I agree. I think that I definitely came into it with the humility to ask those questions the right way. And I learned more humility by working with those leaders who helped, helped me understand executive presence mm -hmm. better just something that I, I had to progress at. But certainly humility is like, I think the pinnacle attribute of any good RevOps person, because you may know the answer, but it doesn't matter. If everybody else doesn't agree with you, then you're just the ops person. But if you can get buy-in, I always say people buy into that, which they create. And the easiest way to do that is to be humble and act like you really need their opinion, which you do. Then answers start to flow. People want you as part of their projects. They like to work with you. I've learned that the hard way in certain cases, but definitely have brought that attribute to the table as well. Well, the good news is there's a lot of uh, thought leaders out there, there in the world who also agree with you that the getting buy-in is a, is a huge part of that success story. I mean, there's marketing companies that have user-generated content, right, which outperforms uh, 
some of the best creative ads uh, campaigns in the world. So you're definitely on the right uh, track with all of that. So as you look back now and you're able to summarize some of the key takeaways from your experience at Workday and, and some of the stuff that I just did it again uh, <laughs> at Workforce and, uh, and kind of work, work front, work front. Work front. man, that's a, Maybe you, can start, you can start that question over, I guess, because you said they do a recording, right? right? So as you look back at some of the work right, as you look, as you look back at some of the key takeaways from, from work right, um, am I even saying it right? I'm going to have to go back. Work. It's, yeah, it's work, work front. Sorry, dude. Again. That's okay. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. So as you look back at some of the key takeaways from Workfront and kind of summarize that journey, uh, both for yourself and for us, what are the key pieces that you've learned that you would take away that you would kind of insist on um, for anybody that would want to get the operationalizing of the SDR uh, motion right? Is there an easy way to succinctly uh, summarize that? Um, maybe in a way that, people don't like to hear because it's not a simple answer, but it's actually that I think RevOps and especially the sales development team is an industrial complex. There are so many moving parts that all touch one another. And if you pull the strings in one, you are affecting another. And you have to realize that when you change something with how the technology works, that's automatically an enablement piece where you have to train people on how to do things. Or if you adjust and add a new buying center. That's a whole new set of technology changes that has to happen to support a new discovery process and a new way of thinking for the BDRs that aren't used to doing it that way. So I think my takeaway is that you do need to think bigger when you're thinking about these things, because ultimately what SDRs are, are young, potentially inexperienced, sometimes professionals who are very eager and hunger. They have the hunger to try to succeed in their role. They're the bridge between all the marketing spend that's happening and this, the organization that closes the deals so that revenue can come to the mm -hmm. company. And these are very young people that we're trusting with the first conversation, the tip of the spear. And so if you don't have an operations presence that's trying to think, how can we optimize this group and make it so that that can be the best possible bridge through our thought leadership and branding and into our revenue generation cycle, like you've, you've already missed one of the biggest ways that you can try to engage your customer. So I think the biggest takeaway is there are so many thought leaders out there that I learned from and talking with Aaron Ross and hearing about his experiences that he was willing to share with me when I did a call with him or Justin Michael, who's now really trying to take this space to a new place with technology and um, all the, the Jay Barrows trainings, Morgan Ingram. I mean, there's, there's no shortage of resources for people who have done this and done it well. It's just a matter of you investing the time to learn it and realize that like, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I don't know exactly how SDRs fit in. Maybe I should really re-examine and like make it a bigger deal because if I'm investing all these dollars on a person's salary, all the tech, all the data, like maybe I should get a better ROI on it. So my biggest takeaway is if you do this right, you have to think of it in terms of an industrial complex. A lot of things all touching each other all part of the bigger picture of your company's success strategy. And if you do that, you will ask the right questions because they'll be the hard questions and you'll get the right leaders in the room because they will be the higher level leadership type questions.
So I hope that makes sense. But that's my that's my answer. No, I loved it. It makes sense. And as you know, I, I started my career, uh, tech career in SDR too. So I can appreciate uh, the foundations that, that you stand on and, and what you're sharing there. So thank you so much, Remington, for being a willing contributor to this podcast channel. We've learned a lot. And uh, and I'll encourage anybody that, that's watching that has maybe uh, and listening who has more questions to just use the, uh, the button below, reach out to you on your LinkedIn profile and connect with you themselves and, and maybe follow up there if that's comfortable for you. Uh, and like and likewise, yeah. we look forward eagerly to following your career and your next steps as you relocate to the Bay Area and, and take next steps with Snowflake. And uh, I'm sure that your success and your journey is relatively still getting started, uh, you know, in the bigger picture. Thanks. I appreciate it. It's good to talk with you, Gideon. Cheers. Take care and thanks from all the RevAmp team over here.